With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the best of Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. This is the best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. It is a Monday and a busy one live in Los Angeles. It's the herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, lots of choices out there. Thanks for making us part of your day. One hour from now, where Colin was right, where Colin was really wrong, plenty of both. <laughs> J-Mac has a chance to go to the Lakers game tonight. He's going to stay with a family pass, hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, It was a tough one for predictions. Uh, Celtics heat, Lakers-Nuggets game three. I, Lakers-Nuggets, you can chalk it up to one team's the better team with their with their players in their prime. What we're watching with Boston. Woo! We, we remember during the Atlanta series, we were like, why are these games so close? Yeah. So um, you see this a lot in college sports where a really good coach leaves and they give a coordinator the job at a big program, and he's just not ready. He's a coordinator. He's a two, not a one. And you see this all the time in college sports. The difference is, you know, we don't pay attention to some random college team. The Boston Celtics are a big, 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 big brand. This is national TV, and uh, their coach isn't ready. Don't blame the players. These same players were great last year. It's the coach. It happens. He's over his head, and he's going up against probably the best coach in basketball every other night on national TV. It's like the Celtics are this elegant, talented, five-star restaurant, and the chef has butchered the meal on national TV, and people are streaming out of it across the street to a food truck, the Miami Heat with no frills, paper plates, and for eight bucks, you get the best sandwich in town. It makes the Heat so redeemable and so easy to love because they're everything. 
Boston isn't. Underdogs, untouted, tough, fighters, relentless, and it's playing out on television. Night after night after night, it's the coach. And then you combine Joe Mazzula, probably a great guy, but he's not ready for the gig. He's a kid. And you combine him with this relentless heat team and the coach and the weird Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, end of game vibe. And then you combine that with Jalen Brown's hand, which is hurt, obviously, because now he's two for 20 on threes. And it's just the perfect storm to be an absolute mess. And again, remember during the Boston Atlanta series, J-Mac and I would come on the air and we're like, Quinn Snyder got the job in late February, trying to build a culture in March. In April, he's in the playoffs. And they took the Celtics six in the last four games. They were scoring like 130, 120. And we're like, how's Atlanta scoring these many points? It was the coach of Boston, Joe Mazzula. He's over his skis. Same dudes last year mostly were tough and feisty, confrontational, trapping, adjustments. They sought out matchups. This team's just not, they, they, they hired a coordinator. He's not ready for the Bama job or the Oklahoma job. He's not ready for the Carolina basketball job. He's not ready. But we're watching this thing play out on TV, and he's not ready. And it, it, the chef butchered the meal. It's bad. And, um, you know, I, as I look at this, it's interesting with Jason Tatum. So Tatum's a guy that's got some self-doubt, the opposite of Butler, who has zero. So Tatum has had very strong coaches in his career. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski, Brad Stevens, Ime Adoku. Strong, strong coaches. And they have elevated Tatum, infused confidence in Tatum. These are really, really high-end coaches. So Tatum now, who's got really an assistant coach pretending to be a head coach, I mean, they offered him the job. He took it. And Tatum is shrinking. Do you know he hasn't hit a shot in the fourth quarter, a field goal, in the series, in the fourth quarter? And he was first-team All-NBA. And this was the year. This was what makes it really difficult for Boston. These title windows shrink fast. This was the year. The heat knocked out the Milwaukee Bucks. The Sixers stars imploded. The Warriors are in a rebuild year. This was the year. This was the year. LeBron's too old. And now you've got a major question on your hands. Uh-oh. Tatum and Brown qualify for the max extension. $613 million. What are you going to do now? My takeaway is you can't blame the players. It happens. Great organizations. You can go to the history of the best college basketball and football programs. They whiff on coaches. USC football's done it a couple of times. Carolina basketball's done it. Notre Dame football once hired a high school football coach from Ohio. It happens. He's a kid. They gave him the gig. They got trapped. The other coach was really good. He got in trouble. They had to get rid of him. You can blame the players all you want. I do think they need to tweak the offense. they got enough defensive guys. Their defense is fine. They'll get the right coach. The defense will be fine. But you, you got to move off the coach. You can't move off all the players. You're not moving off Tatum. You know, you're not going to move off all these players. So Joe Mazzula, to his credit, was at least accountable afterwards. I just didn't have him ready to play. I should have... Uh... Whatever it was, whether it was a starting lineup, whether it was an adjustment, just I have to get them in a better place, ready to play, and that's on me. Ugly. Okay. All I'm hearing, all I'm hearing 
from De Denver Nugget fans. All I'm hearing, oh, the disrespect. Nobody respects us. They have a 3-0 series lead in the Lakers. Listen, it's not disrespectful to respect history. There's a history in the NBA. When you get these young, really talented teams that look like they could win a championship, KD and Westbrook and OKC, Harden in his prime with the Rockets, Lob City, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Chris Paul, these Celtics, the early 2000 Sacramento Kings, and you got a nothing burger. Because these young teams, they get in like the Celtics last year, in their prime, and here come the old heads, Draymond and Steph Curry, and they knock them down a peg. And so when the Denver Nuggets are rising and ascending with young stars, it's okay for us to go, well, I don't know. Let's see what they're like on the big stage. Now, they've been very good on the big stage, but we didn't know. They remind me of the Milwaukee Bucks. Remember, pre-title, you had this MVP unique big in Giannis a wing player in Chris Middleton, a good and unknown coach. You had no history of greatness. You had to go back to the 70s. Denver didn't have any history of greatness and titles. So everybody's like, what are they going to look like when you put the old heads on the floor, when you put LeBron James on the floor? You know what they've looked like? Great. Unlike Nash's sons and the KD Westbrook Thunder, Harden's Rockets, these Celtics, they have risen and they are starring. But it's not disrespectful to respect NBA history. There have been steps for decades. I've been watching it since the 70s. You're good, then you're really good, then you get to a championship in the conference and lose, or you get to the finals and the old heads knock you back a peg or two. These guys are young, ascending. Michael Porter, Jamal Murray, and Jokic are all in their prime and all getting better. And the Lakers, LeBron looks really old, 80s and old 30. And Austin Reeves is what Austin Reeves is. They rose. They didn't shrink. But it's okay because we've watched all sorts of teams shrink. We watched that game seven after the refs took away game six, right? Against the Lakers, game seven, the Kings had a chance to win it and stunk the joint up. It was right there for them. And they stunk it up. Katie and Westbrook got to a finals. Couldn't get it done. Lob City, fun to watch. Not fun in the postseason. Time and to these Celtics hired the wrong coach, regress backwards. It's not disrespectful. We just we just didn't know if these we didn't know if the young guys would step to the table. You got Jamal Murray on a heater, Jokic like Giannis is hard to defend and elevating others at a historic level. And Michael Porter had had injuries. He was a great high school college talent, but we kind of waited for Michael Porter for years. He was like this AAU kid. You're like, oh, he's going to be great. He got hurt. And now, and he, he totally understands his role in the team. Now Michael Porter's finally arrived. So it's Michael Porter into his prime and Murray into his prime. Hey, Murray had a big injury, remember? A lot of people bailed on him. He went to the coaching staff at Denver and said, are you going to bail on me? He's now ascending in his prime, and Jokic is ascending. I mean, this isn't even a great Jokic series by his career numbers, and, and that's what you're watching. Old LeBron, an old 30-year-old AD, and Austin Reeves is what he is. But it's okay because NBA history this situation, these Denver Nuggets, we've seen them wilt under these lights dozens and dozens of, 
of times. And this team's got no wilt in them. <laughs> they got none. And it's great to see. For I'll tell you this, I, would, I can't wait for a Nuggets Heat final. It won't rate in terms of TV ratings. Um, I, my takeaway is Denver's going to be a handful size-wise for anybody, but you're going up against the best coach in the world right now, Eric Spoltra. Spo has just unraveled Joe Mazzula and the Celtics. So, J-Mac, it's been fun. It's Denver. Listen, you can say what you want about Denver. You and I love basketball. Yeah. We've seen this spot, and we've seen teams like Denver with ascending stars, and you're like, I mean, we're asking ourselves this morning, are the Celtics ever going to win one? Yeah. I. This some of the Miami Heat have broken like all the analytical models, Colin. They had a negative net rating this season. <laughs> they were 27th in the league in three pointers in the playoffs. Their first, like nothing makes sense. They were outscored <clears throat> in the regular season, a negative point differential, is, and they're in the they're about to be in the finals. It, is like, it is it the most coach driven team ever? Think about this. When Nick Saban got to the SEC, I mean, for about 10 years. He was blowing everybody out. But it was a weird time in the SEC. Spurrier, Urban had moved out, right, kind of? And so the coaching was bad. There's guys now that are out of the profession. Now, Georgia finally got the right coach. Ole Miss gets the right coach. Now Nick Saban looks mortal. Look at the Eastern Conference this year. Philly hired old Doc Rivers to fix the culture. Did, but limitations. Mm -hmm. Thibodeau fixed the Knicks culture, did, but limitations. Missoula over his head. Budenholzer unraveled. It's, you can argue the better coaching's out West. This is a unique two- or three-year window of weaker, well, I would say maybe a unique window this year because of Missoula and Eric Spolstra, a great coach like Saban in a poorly coached conference is just, this has become, Miami's as much about coaching yeah. as it is about Jimmy Butler. I mean, you you don't go from Boston last year, an elite defensive team with the same dude yeah. still in their prime to this. I mean, when Miami's got 61 at half. Yeah. I, I've been workshopping something about how deep the league is right now and the player pool is better than it's ever been. Oh, it's and Miami's got four undrafted players who look better than all of Boston's role players. Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson last night, uh, Struess and Vincent are like, like we're, they're better than Marcus Smart. They're just dominating them in this series. Colin, I've never seen anything like this. I, I cannot remember a series where undrafted guys are crushing big money dudes, and Boston's like, what, what do we do? Like, well, I, I do think there's a, I believe, and this is just me, I would move off Horford and Marcus Smart. Now, I know Marcus Smart can be kind of the soul of the team, but, but, but the reality is this offense needs a hyper-confident player to get them into sets. I feel like Marcus mm. Smart's a defensive guy. Jalen Brown's a wing. They need a quarterback. Yeah. They I mean, don't again, have one. They were, they were two games away from winning the title last year, and they were like a top-three team all season at best roster. I mean, but they is, didn't. But by the way, are those two moves after or before you fire Missoula? Um, I, I, I don't think you have to trade the team. I think they need a tweak at point guard. They need a real leader. He does not have to be, as I said, Jordan Poole. I don't need a great defender. That roster's got defenders. That's not the issue. They're bad this year because of the coach. They got to get somebody to get them into their offense, can hit a three. You know, Smart plays defense. Tatum plays defense. Robert Williams, Brown. I'm not worried about defense. Get a confident 
not crazy, not Kyrie, get a confident post point guard, can have some defensive limitations, get you into your offense, mm. big confidence to overcome Tatum's often lack of confidence. There is one of those out west currently who is on a bad team. Uh, he said he doesn't want to leave his city. His name is uh, Damian Lillard. Do you part with Jalen Brown for Damian Lillard? Or, I mean, is J- Jalen Brown's all NBA this season. Are we going off three games in the playoffs? Maybe a little more? Or the 82-game sample size where he was one of the 15 best players in the league? It's all fun. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Well, the Jason Tatum uh, dilemma is an interesting one. I think he's always going to be, and I think I said this last week, I-, I think this is who Jason Tatum is. We all try to solve all these players. You know, you kind of, I got a bunch of kids. You are what you are at six. You're just different variations of it. Uh, I think Tatum's always going to be an odd fit in Boston, which is an in-your-face town, and he's sort of an understated personality. But Magic and Michael and Jordan and LeBron, they didn't always have a perfect coach either. They didn't disintegrate. They didn't disappear. Um, I mean, again, LeBron and Magic, they, we know Joe Missoula, it's a, it's a disaster. Okay, you can't not have a field goal in the fourth quarter of a series or shoot 25% from three. And I think, I think Tatum needs a strong coach to elevate him, and he had it with Coach K, and he had it with Brad Stevens. Um, it's, you know, Michael, Magic, LeBron, don't relinquish all fight. Um, the ball's in your hands, bro. Go alpha. And maybe, maybe Tatum's just too nice of a guy. Maybe he doesn't have that uh, rip-your-heart-out gene, whatever. But sports, and we've said this time and time again, sports rewards aggressive. Jimmy Butler is aggressive. Kobe, Shaq, D. Wade, Michael, they were aggressive. Brady was aggressive. Peyton Manning barking at teammates was aggressive. Jimmy Butler's self-belief is on display, and it is perfect for postseason basketball. And Tatum is sort of disappearing into the tapestry. 
And, you know, it's it's interesting because Boston, one of the reasons Boston wins a lot in sports and they're usually good with their with their teams is because they're aggressive and sports rewards aggressive. The aggressive free agent move, the aggressive trade, uh, you know, the Red Sox, by the way, feel like they've gotten less aggressive through the years. The Dodgers and the Padres are buying players and you get rewarded for that. Um, but I, I look at the history of Boston, Big Poppy and Kevin Garnett and Larry Bird and Brady. They're just unapologetically confident. And Jason Tatum, like 10 days ago, I think it was, went out and said, I'm one of the best players in the world. And it just sounded uncomfortable. It just sounded like he didn't want to say it, but felt he had to say it. And I, I just think I, I wouldn't get rid of Tatum, but is he just the world's best too? We said this for years about Anthony Davis. Now, I've, I think Tatum is one of the great two-way players in the game, and he is a one, but his personalities it's a two. Jimmy Butler's got a one personality. We've seen it before. Uh, he's a fighter. And, and, you know, Tatum doesn't quite have that dog in him. And so I think you just have to come to terms with it. It's I think Boston loves, because it's an in-your-face, sort of obnoxious town politically in sports, they just love the fighters. They love Big Poppy, and they love KG, and they love Bird, and they love Brady pumping the fist and in your face. And that's not who Tatum is, man. He's a nice kid. Uh, you know, I, I, when I watch him, I know the coach is bad. LeBron had bad coaches. Magic had a coach he had to run out of town. You never get a perfect career of great coaches. You still got to grab the ball in the fourth quarter and take a game over when you're the best player or second best player in a series. Here's Jason after. Tonight was tough. Uh, you know, I think from the beginning of the game, uh, we was turning the ball over. Uh, we didn't shoot the ball well. They shot the ball extremely well. And uh, just kind of felt like we never recovered, honestly. Um, and that's on, that's on all of us as, as a unit. Um, you know, we didn't play well at all. And... Uh, and obviously by the score, it showed. For the record, they say Tatum wanted Missoula. We've seen that before where a star wants a coach and then discovers very quickly he's not the right coach. Missoula was in the program. They elevated him beyond what he's currently capable of. Five or six years down the road, maybe he becomes a great coach. But it is disappointing that, that Tatum kind of disappears. You're never going to always have the great coach. You got to fight through it. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Baseball. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening the national pastime they, they're selling a feeling and an aura of being at the ballpark in the summer the nfl it's all about toughness the shield but the nba markets its stars heavily and be, that's what they talk about it's what i talk about it's what everybody talks about with the nba because of that fans you get your hook in the fans and they literally have amnesia They're much more crazy, passionate, and loyal to the individual NBA fans. Laker fans and D'Angelo Russell is a great example. You bailed on him once because he was too immature. The T-Wolves bailed on him. The Warriors got rid of him. He was too squirrely and flaky. They couldn't depend on him. So he was a star when he was 17 years old, and he was a star in college at Ohio State, and he's paid like a star. He marketed like the deal. Come on. He's not a star. He's been disappointing people forever. The Lakers are 7-0 when he scores 16 or more, 1-7 when he has 15 or fewer, and he's been awful. So just because you're billed as a star, just because you're paid like a star, doesn't mean you're a star. We've said this before. There's very few actors in Hollywood you can build a franchise around. Matt Damon is one of those guys, a Denzel, a Robert Downey. There's a lot of people that could be in one born identity or one Avengers. You're not building the franchise around him. D'Lo can be on a team. He is not. The, the, the Lakers thought in the trade he's their three. No, he's not. He's not Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves is much more dependable. Limited, but more dependable. And so when you look at the plus minus of this series, to give you an idea, the Lakers are minus 53 when D'Lo is on the floor. They're plus 31 when he's not. He hurts them. Um, He sees himself as one thing. He's another. I'll give you an example. Michael Porter was also like great in high school, great, great ascending star. He had injuries. He disappointed. But Michael Porter totally understands his role, and we've seen him grow and grow, and this is his moment. He gets his role. D'Lo had great games first year in the league. He's been a roller coaster ever since. And if you look at his playoff numbers, they're awful. He's a 39% career playoff shooter. That's bottom five in Lee in the league since he entered it. So um, don't blame LeBron James. It is so easy to blame LeBron James. Happiness is based on expectations. If you think LeBron at 38 in year 20 is going to give you 32 points consistently, that's a you problem. It's not what LeBron is. Denver's best players, Porter, Jokic, Murray are all in their prime. D'Lo's in his prime, but he's a bounce-around-the-league guy. You can't build anything around him. He's talented. He's always had this label, and he's, boy, he's wrapped his, he's wrapped his arms around the label, paid like a star. He's not. He's, he's, you just can't trust him in big spots. So that's the first thing that jumped out to me. Um, and Darvin Ham, again, you can blame Darvin Ham. He talked about D'Angelo Russell's struggles. You know he, he, he can make those shots. So the biggest thing is, you know, not to get depressed, not to get down. Just continue to be aggressive, continue to be assertive, and um, 
you know, eventually that ball will go in. I think it goes hand in hand, man. You know, we need him to be uh, great in his coverages and, and, and also for, you know, no one man is on the island when it comes to offense or defense. We need to make more threes. And so him being able to do both, just being solid within our defensive structure and, and, and him being aggressive and, again, make your next shot your best shot. That has to be his mentality. Listen, there's a lot of questions with the Lakers. I think Boston's got one big issue, the coach. I think the Lakers have a lot. Ask yourself, in one year from today, is LeBron younger? D'Angelo Russell more trustworthy? Austin Reeves more athletic? Anthony Davis younger and more consistent? The answer's no to all four. So I said this earlier in the season, got pushback. You know, buy low, sell high. There's not a lot left on Anthony Davis's contract, and he has got major market value. I mean, not Giannis market value, not Jokic, Jamal Murray at this point, but he's got value. He was the best defensive player for a lot of the games in this playoff. I think you have to have big discussions. But ask yourself, if you think this unit has got a lot more in it, have you been able to trust Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell? Rui's hot and cold. Your best player, AD's hot and cold offensively. He's not due for a big one tonight. So I, 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 a lot of this stuff, when Rob Palenka made these moves with the Lakers, he made them better. He didn't make them great. Remember all the bad teams they were beating up on at the end of the regular season to get through that play-in game? Right, and they got lucky to face Minnesota playing game and trailed entering the fourth quarter. And then they faced a Memphis team missing their two bigs. Huge advantage to Anthony Davis. And then they faced a Warriors team that was crappy on the road all year. Some of this is good fortune. Rob Palenka made the Lakers better. He didn't make them great. Uh, I don't think they win tonight. I think they get swept. I think they pack it in. Uh, Cancun on three. Grab your golf clubs. <sighs> But, uh, you know, the D'Angelo the, the Russell stuff, he's been billed as one thing. NBA fans, because the league gets their hook into fans because they promote and market the stars. And I get it. You're just, you're just, I mean, college football is as much about the brand as it is the player. College basketball is more about the coach, Mike Krzyzewski in his prime, than it is about the player. The NFL's the shield. Baseball, the national pastime, it's a feeling. NBA is about stars. So we tend to have amnesia. I mean, Westbrook still got people lined up forever to follow it. Harden reportedly, according to J-Mac, 200 million four years for James Harden. <laughs> I mean, somebody tell me how that's possible. And so, you know, Laker fans are getting, it's nothing against D'Angelo Russell. You're getting amnesia. You didn't want him years ago. T-Wolves didn't. Warriors didn't. This is what it is. Uh, I will say there's an interesting NFL story to keep your eye on. Just Interesting. Want more Herd? The Herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. All right, Colin right, Colin wrong every Monday. Here we go. Where Colin was right. I've always had my questions about Jason Tatum late in games. What do you know? Doesn't have a field goal in the fourth quarter of the series. I know he was all-team NBA first team, but I've said he's very much Josh Allen of the Bills. We know we like him. You do not know what you're getting in big spots. Let's be honest. Jason Tatum is shrinking before our eyes. And all of you said, oh, what about 51 against the quitting Sixers? I am not impressed padding stats against teams that fold. In this series, 
Jimmy Butler has embarrassed Jason Tatum. Where Colin was wrong. Well, the Lakers are obviously not better than Denver. This is the classic old heads against the new kids, and the new kids are just in their prime, more athletic, longer, and the role players for the Lakers, let's be honest, D'Angelo Russell's been a miss. Uh, so I, you know, I, I like the Lakers to beat Memphis. I thought they'd lose to the Warriors, beat Denver. A lot of it hoping, or not, I shouldn't say hoping, a lot of it kind of trusting LeBron in a big spot to overcome his age and beat up Michael Porter or a Jamal Murray in their biggest games ever. That's not been the case. Where Colin was right. Uh, we we strongly defended uh, Nikola Jokic as MVP because we said valuable means you make people beyond yourself better. Watching Embiid unravel in the playoffs and Jokic crush makes us feel pretty good. Let's be honest, 27, 15, and 11 shooting 53% of the floor, and that's against often AD. Now they've thrown the sink at him. I mean, it's three different players, different starting lineups. He does tire in the fourth quarter, then he pivots to a facilitator. But this is why we said, watch him, he's the MVP. Even when he's not scoring, wildly crucial and valuable to the Nuggets. Where Colin was wrong. Uh, apparently James Harden has a market, 200 million for four years. I don't get it. <laughs> Five straight years, declining scoring average. He shot 42% against the Celtics. He's going to be 34 next year. And I would say Harden is kind of an old 34 because he's never taken great care of his body. I mean, there is this an indictment on NBA personnel directors? Like, I do not get this at all. Where Colin was right. I've said for two, three years, defensive coaches are a liability with a young quarterback. We've watched Belichick do this. Alex Smith bounced around the league on a lot of teams, knows the game, talked about this same thing last week. There is a different mentality for my career, when you play for an offensive head coach that wants to light up the scoreboard and outscore the opponent, there's a different mentality you have, especially as a young quarterback versus a defensive head coach when really the mentality is, hey, don't screw up, don't turn the ball over, don't put us in a bad situation. That's a huge difference in a mentality and a mindset for a young quarterback, especially if it's a, a bit rocky uh, to start. Belichick has butchered Mac Jones and that growth in the last year. I've always said offensive coaches speak a different language. Defensive coaches don't get the urgency. They can often be tone deaf with a young quarterback in the league. Where Colin was wrong. Well, the Celtics are obviously not better than the Miami Heat. Missed badly on that one. Uh, Boston's defense, what happened to it? Do you know the Heat are shooting 52% in this series? They've just not made adjustments. Um... And I thought yesterday, maybe I'm wrong, I thought mid-second quarter, Boston kind of packed it in. They wouldn't fight through screens. They weren't terribly aggressive. I don't want to say quit. But, I mean, if if I, I we, we saw the warning signs against Atlanta, there's no way in the world. I can't even remember the last time a favorite lost the two home games to start a series and then was blown out on the road in the third. I don't even remember. Sure it happened. Maybe it was in the 80s. I don't recall. Where Colin was right. For years, I've loved KD the player, but I think he makes 
bad decisions and can be impulsive. He reportedly wanted Monty Williams, a good coach, gone. He didn't get along with Steve Nash. He didn't want Kenny Atkinson. He and Steve Kerr butted heads. Now, rumors that Phoenix is in the James Harden sweepstakes. Good hell. What are we doing? I love him as a player, but I love LeBron as a player. And LeBron's made some decisions I don't agree with, but KD is starting to veer into the really bad decision guy with a lot of talent. Where Colin was wrong. Well, Jamal Murray's been the man. Listen, I did say I like him more than Devin Booker. Uh, This is one of these situations where we all knew he was talented coming off the injury, right? But would he step up in this series? Yeah, he he has. He's shooting 52% from the floor, averaging 35. He is on a career heater, and he's got dog in him. He loves the fact that everybody's doubting him. Everybody knew he was good. But would he be good in the Western Conference Finals? LeBron, the Lakers, the pressure. Um, he's the best three-point shooter in the playoffs, and he is proving it every game. Where Colin was right. Finally, live golf. Brooks Kepka left the PGA, and this is where I defended live golfers. I said star players are treated on the PGA Tour like they're the 138th-ranked guy. They don't want to play all these tournaments. So Brooks Kepka had to get healthy. He now, he's always been a great player in majors. He now can show up for the majors, be the best player, get his injuries healed, play less frequently, and make more money. Live Golf would not exist if the PGA had treated their stars like stars. Every other league, the NFL basically created rules. You can't touch the quarterback. NFL won't let you hit quarterbacks. I don't have to love who's financially backing them, although our government's been in bed with Saudi Arabia for decades. But Brooks Kepka is proving the point. Just, I want to show up. I'm a star. I got a $100 million bank account. I want to show up for the majors. What's wrong with that? I don't want to go to all these events. Treat stars like stars in sports, and you'll be surprised. They won't want to leave you. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Rick Buecher. Oh, my, oh, my. Look what is happening to these chaotic playoffs. Buecher, Fox Sports NBA analyst, covering the league since 93. He'll be on Speak today. FS1 after us. Two shows after us. Just one clap? I got one clap. Well, you know, it's a small audience. Yeah. So now you have a different. See, I watch Mm -hmm. Spolster's maybe the best coach. Mm -hmm. And Joe's probably over his head. Yeah. And the longer it goes on, the uglier it gets. Game one, you're like, well, it's the heat culture. Sure. Game two, you're like, oh, it's a coaching mismatch. Game three is like, oh, the Celtics quit on their coach. I don't think you have to change the franchise dramatically. I think you need a new coach. That's it? Yeah, mostly. That's it? No. You think there are sweeping changes? I don't know that there's going to be sweeping changes because that's not the way Brad Stevens and before him Danny Ainge, they talked a lot about changes, but they ultimately didn't make a whole lot of changes. That's true. Right? So, And Brad Stevens is a former coach, as we know, right? So he's going to have some sentiment about not changing the coach right away and looking at maybe some of the other pieces. Like what? <sighs> well, uh, uh, look, the Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown combo cannot be at the heart of your team. 
because no. they're because they don't push each other. They're too friendly. Jason Tatum is the best player on that team. Jalen Brown is the most aggressive on that team. But when you have Jalen Brown constantly getting into Jason Tatum's ear to say, hey, you got you to get going, you got to get going, he's got to hold him more accountable than that. Like Dwayne Wade and, and LeBron James, when they got together, at one point Dwayne Wade said, you have to take over LeBron. Dwayne was the leader. It was a little bit of a different dynamic. Dwayne Wade was the leader, said, I'm at a point now in my career where I can't be that guy. You have to be the guy. And handed the keys to LeBron, and he took them, and they ended up winning a couple championships. Let me, so I threw this out there, is that Tatum and Brown are excellent defenders. Yeah. Robert Williams protects the rim. They could afford, I think they take too long to get into their offense. And I think Marcus Smart, because of his defensive strength, has probably moved out of his peak. I think Tatum Brown still have peak years, prime years. Sure. I would go get somebody, and I'll, I'll just throw the name out. It won't happen. Jordan Poole. Somebody that's almost overconfident, gets you into your offense, can hit the three, can be a defensive liability. I don't care. I got plenty of defense here. I got two elite wing defenders, a rim protector. Move off Horford. It's old. Move off Marcus Smart. Let, can we get somebody? Can we give this team a quarterback? Brad was, Stevens knew this, by the way, and got Kyrie. It didn't work, right? Yeah, but Jordan Poole is not that cool. Okay. Who, Getting Jordan Poole would be an absolute disaster. Colin. Okay. So you me, have to let – you've been trying to move <laughs> Jordan Poole to the Celtics for about two weeks now. <laughs> that would be an absolute disaster. And by the way, I'm not, I'm not taking anything off of Joe Mazzulla's plate. The, 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 different, the difference between him and Ime Adoka. Ime Adoka – was a demanding coach. And if you look at the playoffs at large right now, the two teams that are going forward, the most demanding authoritative coaches who have stuck with their program and have the, the front offices backing to say, no, we're doing it this way. Eric Spolstra challenges Jimmy Butler. Uh, Mike Malone challenges Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic and everybody else on that team. Joe Mazzulla is not that personality. I was told he was coming in, but he clearly has not been. But if you look at, I mean, if we take a hard look at the Celtics going back to last year, what was our expectation, right? They came through the East. They added a couple pieces. They were going to use the, the disappointment in losing to the Warriors to push them to the next level. They were going to come back the way the Spurs when they lost to Miami with the Ray Allen three. Like, it was, that was going to be the motivating factor that was going to put them over the top. And then Ime dips, and you have Joe Mazzulla, brand new to this, 34 years old, obviously a player's coach. And they're still doing the same things they did last year. They went to seven games with a, with a, with a Milwaukee team that didn't have Chris Middleton. They played a Miami team and went seven games that uh, Kyle Lowry only played five games that, so was, this, that was compromised. This goes back to your, so you're saying Missoula may not be great now, but if you really inspect this team, yes. the Tatum-Brown thing needs to be broken up. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure that there's a coach, and a, there's, there's a coach that could lead this team as constituted to a championship. And I'll admit, I thought they were. Yeah. I thought the leadership of Malcolm Brogdon, of Marcus Smart, 
of Jason Tatum yeah. learning his lesson. Like, all that was going to come together, and that was going to be the driving force. So let's look at this Miami thing now. So if I'm a Damian Lillard or I'm a free agent out there, yeah. I, I got Butler. I got a great coach. I got a great star. Bam has been really good. Mm-hmm. And I all of a sudden know they're not going to re-sign all these young guys who are playing over their head. They're yeah. not. They're going to let these guys walk. Yeah. Miami becomes a wildly attractive spot if I'm a Damian Lillard. It, really attractive. It fits his DNA, for sure. The downside, and this would be the real challenge, is he interested in going for a championship? Yes. Or is he interested in continuing to be the number one guy? I think he wants to win. It may be at this point. By the way, Dame's the kind of guy that'll show up, and there'll be a lot of nights, the way he plays, yeah. he will be the guy, and Jimmy Butler will be cool with it. Well, remember, Jimmy's a 22-a-game guy in the reg season. That's exactly right. No, no, no. And Jimmy is that way. I, I've decided Jimmy is that way intentionally because nobody grinds as hard as the Miami Heat. And Jimmy has decided, all right, I'm only going to give you so much during the regular season, but I'm going to make sure I'm ready to give you 16. Uh, I can or, live or with that. The, the, the postseason, yeah. And that's where I could see that – that working. Your Damian Lillard to Miami idea, I, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm going to co-sign it, but I, I'm, I'm willing to listen to By that. By the way. Your Jordan Poole to Celtics. Okay. Well, let's just pretend okay. that didn't happen. Let's just, <laughs> just get that out of here. Let's just. Okay. So I think it's not disrespectful to respect history. I watched the early 2000 Sacramento Kings, Lob City. Mm. Westbrook, Har- or Westbrook, KD, and OKC, the yeah. Harden Rockets, these Celtics. Young players ascending, a couple of young stars, and they just don't do it in the playoffs. So with Denver, I think I have every reason to go, is the old head LeBron going to say, okay, whippersnappers, yeah. okay, Michael Porter, okay. These guys have risen to the moment. I don't think we're disrespecting Denver. I think we're looking at history, and there are these moments in time Early, early 2000 Kings, they had the Lakers game seven and a horrible performance. Harden's Rockets. Yeah. KD Westbrook's Thunder. Lob City. Yeah. These guys are breaking through it. But do you sense there's some... Malone's acting like the league disrespects them. Everybody knew they were good. Yeah. This moment in time, they've been great. I believe that the disrespect is part of the secret sauce. I think Mike Malone appreciates that everybody is counting them out because that has allowed him uh, to, to convince them to keep their foot on the pedal. They haven't relaxed. But what I see, and in looking over the teams that have won championships over the, the last five, six years, uh-huh. they've all been disrespected to a certain extent. The play, they've all been made of players, Toronto, Golden State's group put together. Uh, they've all, I believe we've, we've run into an era now where we've anointed far too many players as superstars, and it's just a matter of time before they win a championship, as if they are entitled to winning a championship. And meanwhile, I'm watching Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, a Canadian and a Serbian, second-round pick, Jamal Murray has not. We've never put him in that category. Especially he, once he got hurt. Yeah, well, but you think about it. He was what, 24 years old in the bubble and led them to the conference finals. Like, we were sleeping on Jamal Murray thinking, I mean, for me, it was like, I don't know how to weigh the bubble. 
right? It, yeah. it just was such an odd thing. And then he gets hurt, so you don't know. He's the real deal. But the teams that we're seeing win are the teams that on some – you can even go to the 2020 Lakers. The Lakers, that, that group was discounted going into the bubble. They've all had – they all haven't been given anything. They've had to earn it. And I believe that that's the difference that you're seeing in these championship caliber teams. All right. So one year from now, LeBron's mm. not going to be younger. D'Lo's not going to be more consistent in the playoffs. He'll mm -hmm. be gone. Austin Reeves isn't going to become hyper-athletic. Or, or he's going to be way expensive. <laughs> yeah. And Anthony Davis, this is as healthy as he's ever been for an extended time. Yeah. There's an argument to be made in the weird West where the Warriors had the chemistry issue and have to reboot. Mm -hmm. There's an argument the Lakers are overachieving with this trade deadline roster. Oh, yeah. Can you not consider the standard of the Lakers, Ohio State football, Kentucky basketball is not roll it back. Yeah. Uh, Denver's not getting worse. Yep. I would take a big swing with this Lakers team. I think they have overachieved. 100%. 100%. So we believe that. So yeah. why not take a big swing on AD? You're going to bring him back? He's got value now. <sighs> this is not a – listen, this team a year from now is not going to be better. Yeah. Yeah, I, look, uh, what the big swing is, I, the, the biggest problem is LeBron's going to cost you a lot. I said it when he signed the deal. I think I said it here. They gave him the Kobe deal. He can't, as good as he's been, as surprisingly good as he's been at 38, he's taken up 40 million plus on your, on your and, it, and there's plenty of intangibles there. But how do you put enough talent around him at this point for what he costs and what he is to be able to go get a championship? That is the challenge. Now, I've been really impressed by how he has been able to be more of a complimentary player. He's let Austin Reeves play. He's, he's, he's given the ball to AD. He's found a way to still be somewhat of a, a factor without dominating the ball. But that's the heart of it. Like, you can move the other chess pieces around. You've still got LeBron James at 38, going uh. to 39, slowly deteriorating. What do you do with that? I think, I, yeah. It, I, it's, that's, it's, it, and look, I, I don't say that with like any... J-Mac's rolling his eyes. This team's not better next year. I'm rolling my eyes at slowly deteriorating. 22-10-9 in the series. That's deteriorating? Come on. Well, no, 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 no. But, but by the way, when you look at Jamal Murray and Jokic's numbers... He's a B player. See, this is, of course he's like 15 years older than but us. I'm okay, saying but, but we can't keep giving the concession like he's really good for, for his age. old guy. He's really good <laughs> for his age. If we're talking about trying to build the Lakers or maintain the Lakers as a contending team, right. there can't be the he's not going to the mass. He's not going to the senior tour. Like the, he's got to compete against these guys. And what I take issue with quietly, maybe not so quietly. Is LeBron said, yeah, you know what, their, their uh, supporting cast has hit timely threes, which is, which is correct. Yeah. There's nothing that that's true. They have, the Lakers supporting cast hasn't. But the heart of why the series is where it is. Their stars are dominating. Their two stars have been better than the Lakers' two stars. No question. Let's start there. And, I mean, I, let's go three. Is that the bottom line is 
if you look at the history, like in the NFL, I always feel the Super Bowl champion has to have seven elite players, hopefully one at quarterback, rush end. In the NBA, if you have your three best players are in their prime, mm. that really helps. Mm-hmm. Jokic is, Porter now entered it, and Jamal is. LeBron's not. I would argue AD is a very old 30. And Austin Reeves prime, it's not Jamal Murray. He's a nice player. Right. So it's like the three best for Denver are absolutely significantly better than the three best for the Lakers. Yeah, I would say the other the other aspect is that the the Nuggets just have more two-way players. Like going into this game, Darvin Ham is looking for like, okay, I got Jared Vanderbilt who can give me defense, but he can't give me offense. I got D'Angelo Russell who can give me offense, but he can't give me defense. Well, like <laughs> sometimes he can give you right. offense. Like how do how do I put it? I'm always I'm always at a disadvantage at one end of the floor with my complementary players right. and the Denver Nuggets. KCP can defend and he can knock down Porter shots. Defense, Bruce Brown can Gordon. knock down shots. All of them. This is. This Nuggets team is so much better suited to face the Lakers than the Warriors were. They have everything that the Lakers uh, that the Warriors did not and have, and they're just some of it is length and youth, and and they're in the prime. Like thinking that they were that Jared Vanderbilt and Dennis Schroeder were going to do the same thing. Like everybody was like, oh well, look what they did to Steph Curry. They made him work really hard. You know, Jamal Murray's he's going to have trouble. Like Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray is nine years younger. Than Steph. <laughs> Steph was worn out by the end of that series. Core 35, right? yeah. And Jamal's got guys who are spacing the floor who are knocking down shots, which Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins. It looks like the Denver Nuggets this year are the world's best basketball team. That's what they look mm-hmm. like to me. Me too. And Miami's second. And fun. And, I mean, there are no frills, man. It's paper <laughs> plates and food truck, and I love it. But well, it's, it's also why the, I, I see the Warriors running it back is because the other thing those two teams have is they have continuity. Like, these are essentially the yeah. same teams. And I get my hat off to the Miami Heat. Duncan Robinson, Robinson was a disaster in last year's playoffs. Yeah. And in, on a, most other teams, they would have kicked him to the curb. They would have written him off. And they stuck with him, and now he is delivering. The heat in the herd. We do not kick people to the curve. Bad no. segments, bad days. We've always got Just, your back. Uh, <laughs> case <was>. in point. <laughs> I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love at first listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.